Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. facing Holly, so she thinks I'm actually paying attention when she talks. And I can yell at you directly. Yes, watch the pointing. <laughs> Harsh. I know. All right. Hey, Holly. Hi, Dave. Welcome to another episode of our holiday extravaganza. And I'm glad that you called it holiday because we thought we ended Hanukkah. I did all the Hanukkah songs in the, in the prior episodes, but I actually... I'm going to add one to this episode since I know Hanukkah will be gone, over, and done with by the time this airs, but I want to, I, I need to make mention of something. Okay. Yeah, okay. Hanukkah just continues on and on and on. As I've described in the past, we push off Hanukkah until it's convenient for us. So as of this recording, we haven't even celebrated our Hanukkah oh. uh, with, with family. So, okay. you know, maybe you've got a suggestion, something I can play during our party whenever we do get together. What do you got? Uh, you got something interesting? I actually have two songs, and I'm going to give a shout-out, a credit, to a friend of mine. Uh, his name is J.C. Douglas, and he's the he's a good friend up in Halifax, Nova Scotia. He's the morning guy. Ooh, the morning zoo? <laughs> yeah. They're, ring, ring, they're a little older. Bling, 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 bling. Welcome no, to the zoo. It's it's far from the zoo. No? All right, fine. Well, then, maybe, but, maybe I'll still listen to him once in a while. You should. Is he's he good? Great. He's a team of three. There's there's three of them. Sure. But Who's he, the wacky guy on that show? <laughs> You're going to have to listen for yourself. Fair enough. Okay, so he gave you something. So he he listened to our first holiday episode, and he pointed out a couple of other Hanukkah songs to me that I did not know existed, and I'm almost embarrassed. And did you know the Bare Naked Ladies, Canadians, have – have? he said three, but I only found two they Hanukkah have to songs. Play, they have to play Canadian artists up there. Yes, I know. It's a rule. CanCon, I know. So we love – you know, Bare Naked Ladies are worshipped up there. Yeah. Well, well, with good reason. They're funny and they're I think smart. They're still, are they still together? I think they broke up and then they came back together. And I don't know. They're anyway. But you've got a song by the are the bare naked lady. Are there, I guess there's some Jews in there. Not that you need to be Jewish to uh, sing a Hanukkah song. I don't know officially if if they are, but there there are two songs: Hanukkah blessings, and they also do a, a cover of Oh Hanukkah. Nice. Hanukkah blessings appears on their album Bare Naked for the Holidays. Did you know that, I guess as music fans, we should know this, but the Bare Naked Ladies, they record at least one song on every album naked. Did you know that? I did not know that. Well, they did not for this album. Okay. But despite that fact, the joyful spirit on this original Hanukkah track will blow your socks off. Well, I guess it blows the (laughs) Bare Naked Ladies socks off when they're (laughs) recording. the candles for
Out the bare naked ladies. All right, fair enough. Okay. Fair enough. Okay, so thank you, Canada. <laughs> oh, Canada, <laughs> our home and native land. <laughs> okay, so what do you have? I'm assuming it's not anything Hanukkah related. Well, <sighs> We're moving on to Christmas. It could be anything. We we didn't mention that this oh. show is going to be a free for all. We're not limiting ourselves to music. We are anything that strikes you in relation to the holidays. True, true, true. Okay, so what All right. do you have? Actually, a bit of controversy as it's... Uh, Prince? N- n- <laughs> Actually, we could talk about Prince later. He's got a great Christmas song that uh, that I love. Kind of leaning towards Prince and, and lyrically. And now we've got the, you know, the, we've got the Me Too movement. Where do you sit on <laughs> Baby It's Cold Outside? Oh, how do you How do you figure, is this something you could listen to? Because... As I look through these lyrics, I, I think it, I really think it's this woman. This was something from the fifties, and this woman wants to stay, but because of social mores, she thinks like maybe people will talk. This is something that she wants, but thinking of what other people will say, this is not appropriate behavior for a woman in nineteen fifties, nineteen sixties society. That was my take on this. If you read the lyrics, if you didn't, if you take away the current controversy about it, the revisiting of this, yes, I I agree with you. I don't think there's anything, you know, it's her own internal struggle. It's not him necessarily pushing himself on her too aggressively. However, with the current movement, I can see that it might be interpreted that way. So I don't, I mean, I don't love the song any i mean it's a fine song i wouldn't turn it off but now i have i would have a harder time listening to it i think see because i think of elf one of my favorite movies of all time and there's there's will ferrell and zoe dachanel it's a it's also an inappropriate scene in a way she's taking a shower and he's just sitting there on the uh, on the sink (laughs) singing along with her unbeknownst to her while they sing you know while she's singing the song so really i'd better scurry well, maybe just a half a drink more. The neighbors might think. Say, what's in this drink? I wish I knew how to break the spell. I ought to say no, no, no. At least I'm gonna say that I tried What's the sense of hurting my friend? I really can't stay Baby, it's cold outside Get out! Don't look at me! Get out! It's a cute scene, and it's one of my favorite movies. But yeah, I mean, it's interesting, you know, so... I I still don't have a an issue hearing this song, but a lot of radio stations um, are starting to ban it. But I think the public still wants wants it. I think there's been some you know some surveys or you know just polling, and I think people still like the song. But I think it's people probably in their fifties and sixties who like this song, and the twenty somethings are going, no, this is not okay. The fifties and sixties are probably are just 
sweeping that easier to sweep those ideas under the rug because the song might be. Yeah. 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 Parents are sweeping it under the rug and kids mm-hmm. are going, Hey, 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 mm-hmm. this isn't a Christmas related thing, but I just read this in the times that the song kiss the girl from the little mermaid is inappropriate. A woman in, um, that writes for uh Princeton Prince newspaper, okay. Noah Wallstein. She said, please stop singing Kiss the Girl. I don't know the song. Do you have sure. the lyrics there? I never saw The Little Mermaid. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I know. But you've got kids. I know. Well, my You're son Disney. was never interested in Chelsea. Chelsea was really? on Disney films. Yeah. Wow. We were we all, we were all about Disney. Mm-hmm. And The Little Mermaid. I, I saw it with, with uh, my then girlfriend at the time. We went to a theater to see Aww. it. It was great. Can you read me some of the questionable lyrics in Kiss the Girl? (laughs) In her article, this says, uh, the premise of the song originally sung in the Disney film The Little Mermaid is that male Prince Eric on a date with beautiful female Ariel should kiss her without asking for a single word to affirm her consent, despite the fact that she does not have a voice. Her voice was taken away from her. Despite the fact that an evil sea witch cursed Ariel's voice away, making verbal consent impossible. The song is clearly problematic from the get-go. She also said, removed from its cushioning context of mermaids, magic, and PG ratings, the message comes across as even more jarring. Lyrics such as, it's possible she wants you to. There's one way to ask her. It don't take a word, not a single word. Go on and kiss the girl. And she won't say a word until you kiss the girl. Unambiguously encouraging men to make physical advances on women without obtaining their clear consent. I'm not sure I'm going to weigh on weigh, I, weigh in on this just now, but I, I anyway, um, yeah. Anyway, that meant to be perfectly innocent, obviously. Yes, but do you think somebody is combing through Disney song, Disney films, and listening to all the songs, looking for issues in any of them? Always. I mean, these were things we grew up on. I I am shocked that that Greece is still acceptable. <laughs> no kidding. That is all. Horrible, horrible movie no. for for boys and girls to watch. Yes. And yet we, I mean, our kids watch. I know my kids watched it. And I don't think my despi- kids have seen it. What is going on in I the know. Cantos family? I know. I am. Uh, we, we've locked them in a cage since apparently. childhood so and not exposed them to anything. Huh. Well, anyway, kids are looking into lyrics now and yeah. uh, it's just inappropriate uh, context in, in a lot of these songs. Saturday Night Live did a, uh, a skit on it. They're just saying, you know, if you're cool with that, I'd like to comment on the way you look right now. And no. <laughs> Okay, sorry, we're just here with our friends. Yeah, sorry, guys. Cool. Have a good night. So wait, huh? you're just going to respect our wishes? Hell yeah. Time to change. We also some new respectful stuff. So shake that booty. If you want to drop that booty. It's your joy if you would love to touch your booty. But we will respect your boy. Drop that booty. If you feel it, drop it low. If you insist, we gon' treat that booty right. Because we allies in this bitch. I'm on a mission for that ass, but first I need permission. No. It, yeah, it's, uh, it was actually very funny, so... Thanks for bringing that up. I wasn't sure you were going to talk about Baby It's Cold Outside. Bag of downers. <laughs> no, I'm going to I'm I'm going to come back with an up, with an upper. Okay. I hope so. Well, Let's I, see if I can bring it down. But go ahead. <laughs> no. No. This is another one. I don't I don't know if it's an upper, but this is so fantastic. I'm guessing that you know about this, but I did not and I'm crediting crediting JC Douglas again. He sent me the video for this and I don't remember ever seeing this. Uh Darlene Love from from Saturday Night Live. Do you mm-hmm. remember this uh, uh, SNL Funhouse? Oh, yeah. 
You do? I don't remember seeing this. This is so fantastic. Christmas oh, yeah. time for the Jews. And oh. it was it had the mm-hmm. animation from Robert Smigel. Yeah. Oh, it's great. That's fantastic. On Christmas Eve, the Gentiles gather round the Christmas tree. They stay at home and party with their Goyesha family. <laughs> they disappear one day each year and pass the eggnog round. But it's all right, because that's the night the Jews control the town. Well, it happens every year on Christmas Eve. All the happy Christian people take their leave. Yeah, the streets are deserted and that's weak news. It's Christmas time for the Jews. Yeah, the holiday party's for the 60 years. Ain't nobody recreated I don't know how I could have missed this. Oh, it's brilliant. And yeah. plus, it's Darlene Love singing it. And yeah. Darlene Love, I mean, I can go to the Phil Spector Christmas, which is on heavy rotation in the Sloan residence during this entire month. This is the greatest album of all time, and it's because of Darlene Love and the amazing songs that she sings. And there's a lot of other great moments in there, but uh, she, she just brings it. She used to uh, perform on Letterman every year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, with uh, yeah, Paul Schaefer and uh, when Letterman was on NBC, she still she sang the song Christmas yeah. Every year. Yes. So Darlene Love just brings it. She's the greatest and uh, underappreciated vocalist. Totally. It's it's not Christmas until I hear the Phil Spector Christmas and whenever I hear Darlene Love, it just it's it's the greatest. Okay, I will look for a Phil Spector Christmas even yeah. though we know I'm Bahamas Oh, it's on great. The Christmas oh, I music. know. And uh, well, here's here's my my one fun fact about the the Phil Spector Christmas. The album was released on November 22nd, 1963. What can you tell me about that date? Why would that be a bad day to release an album? November 22nd, 1963. Yes. Let me go to the memory bank. That was the day Kennedy was shot. Yes, it is. So that is why. Not a good day for, it wasn't appreciated probably at the time as it should have been. uh, Yes, other things were on America's mind that day, um, the world's mind. Well, that so, is a fact. I don't know if I would call it a fun fact. Well, I know. But, <laughs> but the fun fact is that it's so brilliant that the, the album endures and lives yeah. on to this day and uh, is going to be played as soon right. as I get home. Oh, God, there's there's so many moments in that album that I, I love so much. Okay, I will listen, I promise. All right, so where's it going now? Okay, I'm going, I'm veering from music. Okay, good. And my understanding is there's a lot of debate on what I'm about to say. I oh, don't know. can I guess? Yes. <laughs> Does it, 
Uh, does it have anything to do with the Nakatomi Towers? <laughs> it does. So do you consider Die Hard a Christmas movie? I consider it a great uh, action movie. Yes. Not necessarily. It, it like like you always point out, it's this is a good song. It just happens around Christmas time. Right, exactly. And so this is a great movie that happens around Christmas time. Yes. It does. And it is it is I think you say a great action movie. I think it might be the greatest action movie. I it is would, one of my favorite movies. I would of all not time. dispute that claim. I love it and it makes me want to go back and watch it. Maybe that's what I'll be watching on on uh, Christmas Day before we go out for Chinese food. Very nice. I think Ellen Rickman is Hans Gruber. He was just such a brilliant bad guy. Yes. And Alexander Alexander Godunov, right? Uh-huh. He was his his henchman. Yeah. Yeah. He was great. And Bonnie Bedelia as his wife, you know, I know she's just the, you know, the wife. Mhm. Just the wife, yeah. you know, the, the secondary character. I thought she was really good. And she had a big job, and that's why he was there. He yeah. Had a big job in Nakatomi Plaza. That's right. Yeah. Was, uh, the limo driver was playing the uh, Christmas time in Hollis, Queens. Isn't that uh, the yes. Rocky song? Yes. Yeah, so that's, you know, that's part of the holiday spirit. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. It well, is it so place. 80s. Have you watched it lately? It's, it's hilarious just watching what everyone's wearing or just looking at, at the clothes. It's mm-hmm. phenomenal. I think I'm going to go back and watch it this week. And we tried to show Sam, my son. He's not, I mean, kids aren't, my kids are not that interested in movies. But Steve said, do you really think he's going to appreciate it? Do you think he's going to think it's that great? No. I mean, it was from the, the 80s. Yeah. Kids have to discover it on their own. Yeah. Right. It's like <laughs> making them listen to music that you love. Exactly. Yeah. So it, um, Die Hard is still phenomenal. And I, I used to take off my shoes and just kind of like to rub my toes and the... <laughs> Just to relax on an airplane, but you can't do that anymore. People people take pictures and then they shame you. So what did he call it? Make fist fists with your toes. Make fists with yeah. your toes. Yes. Yeah. Shoot the glass. Um, so can I tell you a couple of fun facts about Die Hard that you might not know? Go ahead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought it was funny. I saw the the uh, title in Hungarian. The Hungarian translated to English is called. <laughs> Give your life expensive. Okay, mm-hmm. I don't. The sequel is your life is more expensive, and the third Die Hard is the life is always expensive. I wonder why that is. If there's a Die Hard in hung- Hungary that uh, doesn't I don't work, know. or maybe they just tried to describe the movie somehow, and this is what Hungarians might might. Okay, I don't know. And in um, in Spanish, it's the it trans it's the glass jungle. The Glass Jungle. Mm-hmm. All right. Do you think everybody knows Nakatomi Plaza is a 20th Century Fox building by now? Uh, it's pretty well known, but you know when you have tourists over, you can. It's yeah. always fun to like show point them, out point it out. Plaza. Yeah, there's Nakatomi, and usually when you say Nakatomi Plaza, it's something that <laughs> name that people recognize for some reason. Right. Not, you, not watch, Spot Plaza. Not you watch Brooklyn Nine Nine? No. Oh, okay. Andy Samberg's character is obsessed with Die Hard. <laughs> So he's he's always pretend. That's why he's a cop because of John McClane. Oh, and, but he's always after his Hans Gruber, and you know he's it's yeah. There's a lot of references to Die Hard in the show. Oh my God! What what is it? Nakatomi Plaza. It's the most important monument in all of America. The building from Die Hard. Can we go in? Can we pay our respects? Can we go in, sir? Fine, just make it quick. Yes. Pull it over there, Argyle. This is the name of the driver in the movie. We're going to Nakatomi Plaza. There's going to be role play. I hear that that 
show is hilarious. It's amazing. It's great. Maybe I'll give it a try. Oh, definitely. I'm going to tell you one more thing. Speaking of John McClane, do you know that he was not the first choice for the role? That makes sense because I don't think looking back, I was interested in seeing it because Bruce Willis was just this guy from Moonlighting. And <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if like, oh, it's the Moonlighting actor. I don't know if I want to see that. I'm trying to think of others. You know, there was Schwarzenegger. There was uh, <laughs> there was Stallone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Who, who did I hit on these? <laughs> these? You hit on a few. It pa- many passed on it. Uh, Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone, Burt Reynolds. Harrison Ford, Richard Gere. Yeah. Richard Gere could have been no, it, I just don't see it. It was, uh, no, it was a great high, uh, it was perfect casting because he brought some humor and humanity yeah. to the role. Uh, I don't think uh, anybody else of those names could have could have done it. So, <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was a surprise for me and I, I do, I own a copy of it and I will, uh, it is in my Christmas to-do list? Uh, no, it's, yeah. My, I have my Christmas drawer that I pull out. And, oh, look, there's Die Hard. So Good. I will probably watch it again. Okay. So what else holiday-related do you have? It's Christmas time, and, you know, there's it's there's no Christmas need to be time. afraid. That was my next one. <laughs> well, I kind of figured you would. Okay. So that's why. Yeah. Like, all right, let's talk about this one. <laughs> there's no need. To, there's no need to be afraid. All right. Who sings that line? Aha. Uh-huh. Come on. Oh. Uh-huh. Starts it off. Who starts it off? Paul Young. Was it Paul Young? Yes. yes, Paul Young. Okay. Then who goes next? Boy George. Okay. Here's a fun fact I learned about Boy George. Mm-hmm. He was in New York at the time of the recording. Bob Geldof, the, the organizer of this event, called him and said, George, we need you on this. You are, you know, he's the biggest star in 84. So he needs to be on there. It's like, yeah, 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 I'll be on there. So apparently... He just hung up the phone and just went back to sleep. They got him on a Concord, like the very last one, and then he came in and he recorded it, and uh, it was brilliant. And no one ever would have known. Nobody, the nobody was the wiser. Uh, so there was Paul Young, Boy George, George Michael, the Simon Le Bon, to Bono. Wait, Go. did we actually say the song is "Do They Know It's Christmas"? Oh, do they know? Well, do you know the song? <laughs> Everybody knows the song, but I just figure we should. Yes, do they know it's Christmas time? Sung by the band called. Band-Aid. Very good. Yes. I'm not so sure now how well this these lyrics hold up or it's just kind of awkward. First of all, Ethiopia. In Ethiopia, they, they celebrate Christmas. I think the majority of them celebrate Christmas, I think, since the fourth century from what I read. So there's a line that says, you know, do they know it? Do they know it's Christmas time at all? Yes. Yes, they do. <laughs> they do know it's Christmas time. I think that's more that wasn't meant in the literal sense necessarily. Yeah. Okay. Even though Bono delivers this great vocal to that to the line tonight, thank God it's them instead of you. That yeah. does not when you say it out loud tonight. Yeah, I don't know about that's that. not. It's that's not a great line. Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree.
the time, this was huge to have all these artists in that song. And I, I mean, the amazing thing was when I heard it, like I was able to identify each and every one. Oh, okay. There. <laughs> that, was, that was the fun challenge. This was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Paul. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's Boy George and George Michael. There's Paul Simon McCartney. LeBron. I don't think McCartney was, uh, well, well, he was there, wasn't it? Was he oh, there? Oh, he, he did chorus. Oh, okay. They didn't have their own verse. Uh, yes. They didn't have a, yeah, a so solo the, turn. Yeah. David Bowie, Phil Collins, I don't think they were McCartney. In, I don't think they were in the studio at the time of this recording. And then they, they probably recorded at a different time. I think, um, I think they were there. Oh, here's the line. Those he asked but were unable to appear instead sent recorded messages of support that appeared on the single's B-side, including David Bowie and Paul McCartney. Also from those unable to attend included the members of Big Country and Holly Johnson from Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Hmm. Uh, The Thompson Twins were unable to appear on the Band-Aid record as they were out of the country and were made aware of the recording too late to return. But they donated proceeds of their then-current single, Lay Your Hands on Me, to the Action for Ethiopia charity. Oh, very good. So there you go. Shout out to Thompson Twins. Yeah. So uh, And then, of course, um, I recognized the drumming from Phil Collins. That was kind of a nice moment <laughs> to hear. So see, to he hear was that drum fill, To hear the drum fill. Yeah. yeah I don't, he didn't sing, but he did, uh, he did play on there. Still huge. They, they did, I think they've done like three or four others of these course not as successful do you know who produced the this uh song we know that uh bob geldoff and midge Ure wrote it yeah midge Ure was one of the producers producer, yeah and your favorite producer produced this trevor horn correct <laughs> good job the intro i think it really works well too that's kind of like mm-hmm. you know like this is this is something special I, I i like the i like the sound of the record this is probably the single uh, Christmas song I can listen to over and over. So this takes me out of my bah humbug. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Okay. No, I, I get yeah. that. Because at the time, yeah, this was such such a big deal. And then, of course, you know, it led to Live Aid and led to We Are the World and, you know, all the total totally 80s things. Yeah. Uh, you know, after seeing Bohemian Rhapsody, I was wondering if Freddie Mercury was even aware of this uh, being recorded. Do you know why he wasn't, why they were not invited? Oh, do you have an it? Oh, because I, I do not know. Because I was actually, I was legitimately interested after hearing or after seeing the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I wonder. Oh, and then thinking about this song. Go ahead. Not invited because they had played in South Africa earlier that year, which uh, violated a boycott. Is that right? And Bob Geldof ultimately forgave them and invited Queen to perform at Live Aid. Okay. It's crazy that uh, Bob Geldof. He literally took the ball and just like went went nuts with uh, with this uh, the content the, the whole this idea whole idea and made a lifelong commitment to this charity and other things. He's he is Sir Bob Geldof now yes, because of this with good reason. Yeah, yeah, it's wonderful that someone could be changed uh, so affected by this and moved by this this movement that that he, he could get he, all these artists pivoted, to the table and when yeah, you know, I mean, just passionate and yeah, did it all. Do you know there was a re? They re-recorded this in 1989 with Kylie Minogue, Jason Donovan, and yeah, they, they've made four different versions of it, and I've heard a few of them. You know, of course, being getting older and older, I recognize less and less of the artists on there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Sad. what you gonna do? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Life, life goes on. There you go, and so do we. <laughs> Oh, we're having some fun on the What Difference Does It Make holiday special. We're going to take a break, though, and we'll be right back. Hello, Pam. 
Pantheon Podcast listeners, Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Oh, a free for all. <laughs> free, free for all. Free for all. <laughs> la 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 la. Hey. La 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 la. It's yeah. the holiday season. Tis the season. So whoop de doo. Is that an original? No, that's the holiday season. That's the name of that song. You know that one. Sounds like a uh, commercial I, I, for Target. It, they're all commercials for Target and Old Navy. You know that. Speaking of Target and where we last left you, we you left ta- me at Target. We were talking about Minneapolis, and Target is based in Minneapolis. Good, good connection. And so is Prince. Yes, and so we want to talk a little bit more about Prince. <laughs> yeah, Prince and Bob Dylan and Sinead O'Connor. <laughs> I guess um, just because that was in, in 1984 when Prince was at his the height of his uh, yeah just superstardom. When Purple Rain came out, I was buying all the uh, all the singles. I, you know, I was buying everything, and so there were B sides, and there was one on um, the there was the B side of "I Would Die for You" is um, another lonely Christmas. This turned out to be one of my favorite Prince songs. That's on a B side. I'm sure there's so many other amazing things in in that vault that will eventually come out. This was a song that I think I ended up. I mean, because I knew I would die for you, I ended up playing another lonely Christmas like. All the time because I thought this was one of the best one best songs. Also, yeah, like Erotic City that was a B side. Yeah, yes. You know, during that time there were so many great songs coming out of it, out of Prince, yeah. and they would just you know like all right here here's one put that on the on the back side. Yeah. So that's that was one of my incentives to always buy the the forty five. Forty fives. That's that's true for a lot, not just Prince, but for a lot of artists, the B sides turn out to be the. Yeah, oh sure, it was another one. The sweetest did, thing was a B side for you too. Did it for you too, yeah. Springsteen. On the B side of my hometown was Santa Claus is Coming to Town. He finally put that release that onto a an official release. 
And, uh, I didn't realize that was a B-side. I guess it was. No, I mean, it, it, he recorded, I think, in like 75. And sta- it was sent to radio stations. And they played it for 10 years. But there was never an official release until he finally put it on the B-side of my hometown. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it took, took him nine years to, to finally put it out. But, but yeah, another Lonely Christmas. It's not really a Christmas song. It's a sad song. <laughs> As because- most of these are. Yeah. I mean, Not Christmas songs, I mean. Right. I mean, these are things that happened at Christmas time. So, I mean, Prince has a, a lover and, you know, that he he loves dearly who dies on Christmas Day. Ugh. Ah, I know. You know, so, you know, it, it begins last night. I spent another lonely Christmas. And, and and now when I read this, I think of, like, I could be singing this to Prince because it's just, it's super, super sad. Reminiscence about different things that they did. They swam naked in, in their father's pool and they were caught and they, were, they played the uh, Pochino, which I don't know what that is. No. Remember when we played Pochino for money and you robbed me blind and, uh, and she was afraid of the number nine <laughs> and then she passed away on, uh, on Christmas. Super, so sad. It was super sad. Baby, you promised me. Baby, you promised me you'd never leave. Then you died on the 25th day of December. After I read this, like, oh, I should do this on Christmas Day because it, it, the, one of the final lines is every every Christmas night for seven years now, I drink banana daiquiris till I'm blind. As long as I hear you smiling, baby, you won't hear my tears. Another lonely Christmas is mine. Um, and just a phenomenal vocal, of course, from, from Prince. But I should, uh, on Christmas Day, I might uh, drink a banana daiquiri in his name. It's Purple Rain worthy. It's, it could have been, you know, if it was appropriate for the... Uh, for the movie, it probably could have would have belonged on that on that album because it was it's really a great song. There's one Minneapolis thing. Okay, now you got are they are they connected to Bob Dylan and Shania well, O'Connor? No, well, no, I mean, well, there's Bob Dylan put out a Christmas album, which is hmm. goofy. <laughs> I Heard I can you? go. I will go off forever on on how amazing Bob Dylan is, but I I won't. But he put out a Christmas album because he can because he's Bob Dylan. He's he can do whatever he, he wants. Does whatever he wants. He he just recently released a um, a whiskey that I really want want a sample. He did a thing on Fallon where they did like a little skit, but Bob Dylan said nothing. Like they went to go see the circus, uh, at like the the big top circus, and they're doing all these tricks. And Bob Dylan and Jimmy Fallon are sharing whiskey together, and they're drinking. And Jimmy's like amazed at all the amazing performances, and Dylan's just kind of sitting there enjoying his drink. And then the show ends and Jimmy Fallon stands up and applauds. And then he looks next to him and Bob Dylan's not there. And he's like, where's Bob Dylan? <laughs> and the performers look up there. No one was there. You've been alone this whole time. 
like, yeah, okay, that's, that sounds about right. This, that's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah, Bob Dylan appears out of nowhere. I just, I wonder about him. I'm like, does he take out the trash? Does he do like, does he do normal things? <laughs> okay. Wait. So was he promoting something? By he was promoting his, his whiskey, whiskey, his whiskey. Okay. Um, which is called heaven's door, which I put on my Christmas list or Hanukkah list of, uh, Heaven's Door, okay. Yeah. But he also put out a Christmas album, like all good Jews do. Um, Anything memorable from it? Yeah, well, he put out this silly song called Must Be Santa, which I love. <laughs> it's, a, it's a video of just everyone celebrating a Christmas party. There's a, and, you know, there's, he's wearing a, a beard and, you know, just kind of having fun. And there's, there's craziness going on all around him. But Bob Dylan, it's just, it's... It's super tongue-in-cheek and super fun, despite what a lot of people think. I think he has an amazing voice and is a great interpreter of, of song. Yes. Who's got a beard that's long and white? Santa's got a beard that's long and white. Who comes around on special night? Santa comes around on special night. Special night, beard that's white. Must be Santa, must be Santa, must be Santa, Santa Claus. He's constantly reinterpreting his own songs. I, I, I really admire everything he does. Everything about him. He's, he's poetic. Uh, <laughs> it's just insane. So wait, is this holiday album, is it uh, covers and originals? Yeah, uh, I think it's all covers. I don't think, okay. I don't know if he put it out, if there's any originals on there. Okay. Worth but, checking out anyway. But, but yeah, listen, watch the Must Be Santa video because it's fun. Okay. And it'll put you in the mood. Okay. Yeah, I'll send you the email on that. <laughs> I know you will, but I'm going to look. Okay. And, what <laughs> and, about- and then the other thing, the um, uh, Very Special Christmas. Mm-hmm. There's Very Special Christmas 1. Special Christmas 2 is Sinead O'Connor singing the song, I Believe in You which is a Bob Dylan song. And that is from during Bob's born again period. <laughs> this is when I, you know, when I was growing up, uh, you know, first started getting interested in music and I heard about Bob Dylan. He was going through his born again Christian phase, mm-hmm. had just no inclination to ever go listen to that or, yeah. or pay any attention to Dylan. So I kind of skipped over, you know, like a lot of classic rock artists that were going through weird periods, you know, he, Neil Young and, you know. Bob Dylan was exiled from my house during that period. Oh, my really? parents were huge fans, but. First of all, this, I believe in you, Sinead O'Connor just does this beautiful, beautiful version of the uh, song. I believe in you. It's so great. I mean, it makes me believe in, you know, it's, uh, it's it, she's, she's so talented. And this song was, was brilliant. It still is brilliant. It's something that I play all the time. I, something about her voice.
The way it was exiled in our or in mm-hmm. your home, this was played in heavy rotation in the O'Connor home, and she really gravitated towards this song. Mm-hmm. So this is something she grew up with, you know. Like so, ten years later, she gets the opportunity to sing this song, and she just nails it. It's phenomenal. Okay. I will give it a listen, but you realize she isn't from Minneapolis. No, I know that. Well, but Bob Dylan wrote it, and he's from Minneapolis. Okay, just just clarify. I'm just (laughs) connecting the dots for you here. He recently, Dylan puts out all these bootleg albums. Mm -hmm. I got the albums where he he sings the the Christian songs, the Born Again songs. They're amazing. I don't necessarily think it was he was born again. He just had a huge respect for these these church songs, and he created. He wanted to create his. I think he liked the form of it. And he wanted to create his own, and he he did. And I and he got these amazing musicians that that played these songs. And so just listening through that whole box set that that's a treat, and it made me appreciate like that that slow train coming, mm-hmm. brilliant album. It's great. It's a great great album. And Are you saying fun. you don't actually believe that he was born again? That he was just singing the songs? I think he. I'm pretty I, sure it was official that he. he I don't know. I know he was kind of uh, Christian. Uh, <laughs> He was talking a little bit during the shows about, uh, you know, finding the Lord and things like that. Oh, I, that. <laughs> yeah, but that's fine. But uh, but I think it was he had more belief in the song form. Mm-hmm. I think he was kind of experimenting with with that style taken on their own. I mean, there's there's some great church songs. Yes. Oh, I totally agree. Yeah. I, I think he was creating some of his own and, you know, just ways to live your life or things based on Bible verses. There's a, and, and the, the musicianship on these during that period is insane. It's great. And I, I, I love Dylan during all periods of, uh, yes. <laughs> he could do no wrong because it's, and that's the amazing thing about him is like you discover different things, yeah. you know, during different parts of your life, uh, I guess. I, I totally agree. And I love, I, I'm not anti-Christian music. Certainly I, I love gospel music. I love, it's one of my favorites. Yeah. I love a gospel choir. It's not, and I'm not shooing his, the music, any of the music in any format is just, uh, or any style. He was in my house because, you know, my, my mom in particular was anti anyone who converted out of Judaism. Sure. He had the same issue when he plugged in. Yeah. People were booing him. Yeah. They called him Judas. They, you know, <laughs> just, he's betraying yeah. us. He's gone through all that, and he loves this. I mean, that's he. He wants to. Yeah. He wants to challenge audiences. But I get the me. I mean, I get the music and the love of the music. And yes, and nothing but respect for Bob yeah. Dylan. By the way, you sh- you should uh, revisit Aretha Franklin doing uh, singing in church, doing her Amazing Grace. Oh. Oh, I'll listen to anything. I'll revisit anything or read the Oh my god. Yeah, when yeah, when she passed later I pulled that out. Oh, yeah. It was-
Okay, so yeah. moving on from uh, from the yeah from death upper, from death. the north Christ- west. Christians and death and northeast. I mean, yes. Yeah. Go ahead. What do you got? Uh, well, I know that we were going to talk about some movies that you you have a list to share of holiday movies. I'm thinking, but yeah. my I this song I love. I don't remember the movie. I don't even remember seeing the movie, but I love Annie Lennox, and it's. Um, Put a little love in your heart was from the movie Scrooge. So oh, the yeah. song, the original song, Jackie DeShannon was from 1969, but the movie was in uh, the movie Scrooge was from 1988, and back then it reached number nine on the Hot 100. Mm-hmm. So I love Annie Lennox. She sang it with Al Green. Yes, so another one right up there with Aretha Franklin, mm-hmm. and it was produced by Dave Stewart, her rhythmics partner, but uh, it was credited to her. Well, you know, when you got Al Green in the studio, just kind of stand back and we'll let that happen. Think of your So that's it. I just yes. I love the song. This is a really ha- it's a I think it's a happy song. Oh, it definitely is. Have you seen you you haven't seen Scrooge or you don't remember it? It's I don't. Bill I, Murray yeah, kind of plays a TV. He plays a TV executive. He, it's a weird movie because it's kind of dark, but it's trying to be warm heart. It's trying to do both things at the same time, but it's did it succeed? Not necessarily. <laughs> you know, I remember <laughs> but the Bill movie. Bill Murray's in it, so yeah. you know it's worth it. Yeah. What else? Do you have anything else about the movie? About the movie? Uh, no, no, not really. I mean, I, I've I have this list of uh, movies from the eighties, Christmas movies from the eighties. Uh, tell me something. And this one was number thirty-three out of the top forty. Scrooged. Scrooged. Okay, what was number one? Or how do you want yeah. to count them down, Dave? Well, they listed they listed all the like their favorite Christmas movies of all time, um, and they put "It's a Wonderful Life" at number one, which is. Why are you rolling your eyes? I don't think I've ever gotten through that movie. I bust out in tears. <laughs> I know it's coming at the end. And I, I don't still, tell me you're going to ruin it for me. I'm not going to ruin it for you. I've never gotten to the end. Yeah, but every every stupid time I watch this movie, Aww. I just cry. Plus, um, also, my, we were watching this movie when uh, my first daughter came into this world. Oh, okay. She... Yeah, it's a little of everything. But, yeah, we were watching the movie when, when Jan was like, uh, I think it's time we go to the hospital. Oh, it's okay. So it has a special place in your heart. And you yeah. can cry not because of the movie necessarily, no. but because no, solely, having- No, it's solely because of the movie. This one, this line, you know, at the very end. What is it? They uh, toast him. They oh, toast him. and okay. But just everything that he's going through. And just when, when that comes and they break into all Lang's eye, it kills me every time. Oh, I left right in the middle of it. As soon as I got Mary's telegram. Good idea, Ernie. A toast to my big brother, George, the richest man in town.
That's a Christmas present from a very dear friend of mine. Look, Daddy, teacher says every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. That's right. That's right. Out of boy, Clarence. Anyway, so anyway. All, all right, right, what's number two? Because I didn't want to list all 40. Then there were a lot of movies that you didn't know. Yell them out. Um, but uh, but I just so I just cut out all the fat and just put it in the eighties movies because we're an eighties. Oh right, we're an eighties podcast. Okay, so which ones? Well, the well number forty wasn't even from the eighties, but <laughs> I still put it in there. Number forty was Home Alone, oh. which is the worst parents ever. They, yeah, they're horrible parents. Yeah, I love Catherine O'Hara to death, but uh, she was a bad mom. Yeah, I mean you know, at after, the time though, you have a totally different perspective. Yeah. The time the move that you're watching right. the movie. Yeah, I know. This was before we had kids, so it's it's you know, just a goofy. So goofy you're not movie. thinking about the parenting aspect of it. Well, watching it now. I mean, it's yeah. it's funny watching movies as know, parents. As parents. Like, uh, okay. What else is on the list? 80s. Um all right, so 33 was Scrooged, 26 I put on there even though it's from 2003 because Elf <laughs> is a movie that my family and I quote every year. I mean, there's just there's so many amazing things in that movie. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to watch that one again, too. Yeah. Okay. Yes. You have seen of it. Of course. Don't say of course. I'm starting to learn that you don't watch everything. You have not seen The Little Mermaid. No, I know. Okay. I, I mean, right. That's just, don't assume. I'm apoplectic. <laughs> you are. As, I see as you're Tipper apoplectic. Gore, as Tipper Gore once was when she heard <laughs> Darling Nikki. <laughs> 22 was uh, Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas, just because... You know, Danny Elfman, but that was from 93. Okay. Uh, 21, Gremlins from 1984. Gremlins, great movie. Gremlins and Gremlins 2. They were considered Christmas movies? Yeah, it was during Christmas time. Okay. Yeah. I don't remember that aspect. Don't get them wet. Don't feed them after midnight. You know, (laughs) there's a lot of rules. You got to look. Those are are fun, fun movies. Yes. Uh, Mickey's Christmas Carol, 1983. It's good because uh, Christopher Walken. (laughs) Oh, <laughs> great. Plays it straight. That's good. Yeah. Uh, number 15, also a movie from 1990, Edward Scissorhands, but uh, still. Edward Scissorhands. Yes. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, number 10 was a movie I never heard of, but it's from 1984. They, uh, this is called Comfort and Joy, uh, about a Glasgow DJ who finds himself unexpectedly alone when he's dumped by his girlfriend shortly before Christmas. You had me at Glasgow DJ. Yeah, so there you go. So yeah, I know I want to watch this movie now. I have I've okay. uh, kind of circled it and like oh, okay. comfort and joy, comfort and joy, nineteen eighty four. Okay, number eight is uh, Die Hard. <laughs> it's only number eight. Yeah, well I, I know there were others that I, I again I didn't even I should have listed the top ten, but and then number six is probably my all time favorite from nineteen eighty three as a Christmas story. Now. Why have you not seen this movie? <laughs> what makes you think I haven't seen it? Because I know, because from our conversations, I know that this is something that you have not watched. I have not seen because it. Because we've talked about, like you talk about the uh, Chinese restaurants are open, and I immediately think of a Christmas story, and, you know, it would just get a blank look from you. Yes. You have no idea. Yeah. What like, I'm missing? Yeah, like, if I say the word fragile, that means nothing to you. No. This movie plays 24 hours in a row on TBS on Christmas Day, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. It is the greatest movie of all time. Oh, really? Are you really calling it that? Well, Elf is pretty good, too. 
But uh, Christmas Story is very, 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 very good. Directed oh, wow. by the guy who brought you Porky's. Is but that right? It's Yes. Super sweet and just uh, oh, funny. Oh, see, that's why funny I don't do sweet. And funny, <laughs> funny, dark and funny. Okay. There's dark moments and just... Uh, Okay. There's, there's cursing, and you know, there's dealing oh, with cursing. your parent. Yeah, just, just dealing with getting your mouth washed out with soap. My dad claims it's uh, the story of his life. That's wonderful, and so, I, I really can't. Uh, I could mention things, and I would just get this blank stare from you. But it's a, basically about this this family, two boys, and them growing up and being. Uh, you know, there's bullying, dealing with that, okay. dealing, with, dealing with the bully, dealing with trying to get the the present that you want for Christmas. Dealing with Santa and uh, and all that he represents, it's uh, a wonderful story. So you highly recommend it. <laughs> all right. Okay, well, so and then my, my last honorable mentions uh, are both. Okay, well, uh, Vince Guaraldi, Christmas time is here. from Charlie Brown Christmas and you're a mean one. Yes. Mr. Grinch. What's it, what's the guy's name? It's like Thurl, Thurl Ravenscroft. Ravenscroft. Yes. <laughs> Very good. Nice. Both of those TV shows are amazing. Yes. Yes, yes, and yes. Kind of, These yeah. are my favorites. Yes. And Linus mentions the J word. He does. So, yes. Well, he's not Jewish, Linus. I know. I know. But, you know. Wait, what is he anyway, I can't remember. But, but your parents let you watch that. You know, it's funny. I don't remember watching at home. I remember watching this from day one with Steve, yeah. who I've known for over 30 years. I don't remember watching it with my parents. I don't remember doing anything sentimental or holiday related with my parents. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, we used to, yeah, th- these were big things, you know. Oh, shoot. I'm trying to remember the spot. It was like Dolly Madison, like baked goods. Oh, probably. Yeah, <laughs> was I don't remember. the sponsor but yeah. of, these, uh, of, the, of yeah. the TV special. Who put golden chunks of apple in a pie that's packed to go? Uh, Dolly did it. Who put juicy red cherries in a neat-to-eat treat? Who put a creamy chocolate filling in this great little pie? Is this a test? Nah, everyone knows it's Dolly Madison who makes delicious packed-to-go pies. Cherry, apple, and chocolate, all with flaky golden crusts. Dolly Madison did it. Everybody knows that. Uh, and the Grinch. But the, yes, Grinch is super good. Uh, yeah, that both of those are just heartwarming. Yes, and they're funny. We, they are both and of them. Still oh, hold and still hold up well. Yeah. Oh, our kids, our kids do love these. And, yeah, and they will probably hand them down to they ki- their kids should they have any. It, yeah. Um, but the 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 Grinch, you can you know make fun all you want of me and my lack of appreciation for these holiday which I will songs and events. Continue I know. to do. But in this case, we listened to this soundtrack. We would go to Candy Cane. When the, from the time the kids were born, we went with uh, my sister-in-law, brother-in-law, and their kids to Candy Cane Lane. Mm-hmm. And we would drive slowly, and we would always listen to the Grinch soundtrack. Nice. The Grinch album. I guess it was the soundtrack. 
Well, I don't know any other. Song. Well, oh, um, 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 oh, oh, what's that song where they're they're all gathered, they're holding hands around the Christmas tree? Holy, holy, holy. Yes, that's on there. But it... I don't, they're singing nonsense, well, like like Dr. Seuss does. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But I, I'm pretty sure that we just had, I mean, we had the whole thing as we were oohing and eyeing at the lights, but, you know, it was really your mean one. That, all, right, all right. Well, next time I'll give you the Phil Spector CD and you could pop it in there if you still have a okay. CD player in your car. You can give it a listen. I do, but we've given up on Candy Cane Lane. <sighs> you, well, you probably should. It's, we go right to dinner and gifts. All right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh very nice so, so are you done with your with are we officially done with the holidays for, with, uh for now yes okay yeah we uh, uh yeah i think i think that's enough okay yes <laughs> i think I think, I think we've exhausted clearly every... you are sick of this holiday and you, you just want to oh, move bug. yes move on to whatever's next to the new year yeah. get this over with let's move on to january and start anew I think that's a good idea. Maybe we'll even have some fun guests in the new year. I hope so. I hope so too. Because oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're getting old, talking to each other and oh, rambling. Never. On about, oh, we could ramble forever. Yes, we do. All right. So I've got some, uh, some uh, fun questions for you. You do. You can ask me a question from our 1980s rock and roll quiz deck. Oh, so I'm going to Lovely. Pick. Okay. Let me mix these up real good. Did you take out all the other? I did. We're oh. not going to get any repeats. Okay. So this will be fun. By the time we're uh, we're done with all of this, maybe uh, we'll move on to the '90s deck. Yes, <laughs> I don't know. There's not that in, many in, of these. We in may ten have years' to... time, or however long. All right, here we go. Are you ready? Ooh, this will be fun. Well, let me put Let's my see if you can do this. On. Yeah, you got okay. your your thinking cap is on. My thinking cap is on. Okay. Um, with a name inspired by a villain in the 1968 sci-fi cult film Barbarella, this. English band made high fashion an integral part of their signature style. You're looking at me like I should know this, and I know I should know it, okay. but I don't. Okay. Their first music video appeared just after the premiere of MTV and created quite a stir. The BBC banned it, and MTV edited the topless mud wrestling scenes. So this was Barbarella inspired. That's where they got the band name. Okay. All right. The group went on to set the standard for music videos while releasing six albums in the 80s, four of which made the top 10 in the U.S. Name the band. It's not Bananarama. No. High fashion. That should be my clue. Yeah, you, uh, It's not talking heads. No, but icons of MTV. Godly and Cream. No, they... <laughs> what is happening? MTV used them well. And the band you made uh, the most out of MTV. Duran Duran? Yes. Oh. Yes. Should have gone with the obvious. All right. Well, <laughs> sorry for having you had to read the whole thing. That's all right. That's good. Duran Duran, leading edge of Britain's new romantic genre, shaped a synth pop style as lush and pretty as their hair and outfits. 
Fueled by heavy exposure on the fledgling MTV, the band became teen magazine favorites and soared into the stratosphere of international popularity. They released six albums in the 1980s, among them Duran Duran and and Rio, mm-hmm. Hungry Like a Wolf and Save a Prayer, mm-hmm. the latter staying on the U.S. album charts for over two years. Um, they made the cover of Rolling Stone in February 1984 and went on to record the title song for the James Bond movie. I remember the video because they filmed it in Paris and it was in the Eiffel Tower. Come on, Holly, you got this. I know. That song went to number one in the U.S. The only Bond theme to accomplish that feat. (laughs) I'm totally drawing a blank. Sorry. It's a view to a a kill. kill. (laughs) Okay, I wouldn't have recognized it from that. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Just kidding. I love that Simon. It always seemed like he was out of tune, but uh, it worked. It worked for sure. Yes, I know. Then, at their peak of popularity, after a July 1985 performance at the Live Aid Benefit concert in Philadelphia, the band split up. Boo-hoo. Boo-hoo. To form the band, there were like two bands. Can you name those two bands? Power Station. And? And? Nick Rhodes was in this one. This isn't from the card. but Nick Rhodes went on to be I think in... It was a band called and. Arcadia. Oh, yes, with... Um, Someone else was in it too. I can't remember who. I just remember Nick Rhodes. Yeah, someone else. Was in but that was it. Was Power Station and Arcadia? They yes. broke up and they formed Power two Station other became bands. became more popular. Arcadia, I think, only had one or two hits. Yeah, I can't remember what they had. All right, so um, social media, please uh, plug, 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 plug a plug, plug. So you got us on every podcast platform and Instagram WDDIM Podcast and Twitter WDDIM Podcast and Facebook. What difference does it make? Podcast. Very nice. I'm Holly. I'm Dave. Happy holidays, Holly. Happy holidays to you too, Dave. Mm-hmm. And to all of you. And to all of you and yours. Check you later. Over and out. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.